Turn with me to Proverbs 4. This is a, a season in which many people will be distracted from the one. Many people will be distracted from the one. I know in years past we've done the candles and stuff and that's, that's fine. But the Lord laid on my heart to go back to our roots and to bring some of our roots into today because where your, fruits, where your fruit comes from is your roots. And our movement was founded by a woman who gave Jesus her heart, who gave Jesus everything she had. Sister Amy, in the early 1900s, was preaching and the anointing, all the stuff that goes on with that. And she was talking about a portion of scripture in which the Holy Spirit gave her insight and showed her that there is a four square gospel. That Jesus, not religion, not church, not anything else, but Jesus is our savior. That Jesus is our healer. That Jesus is our baptizer in the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is our soon coming king. So over the next few weeks leading into Christmas, I don't want to talk about all the things we could talk about. I just want to talk about him. We were singing the song, Behold the Lamb. I, I want to close with that. If we're cool with all that, you can, get the, you can do that. But I believe that today he wants to reveal himself to every person in the room. And I, I know this sounds like a forceful thing, but... Um, he wants to reveal himself to everybody in the room as their savior. And I don't want you to be distracted by anything happening in the room. Nothing. Nothing. There is not a more important word than he is your savior. That person that John the Baptist said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. There is no greater thing that we could talk about than Jesus as our Savior. And even in the church, we get distracted and we look at all the other facets of who he is and it's all good. but he's our savior. In Proverbs 4:26 it says this, ponder 
the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your feet from evil. You see, this is the time of year when if you have anything to do with business at all, you are focused on what is 2023 going to do? What are we going to do, right, Stephen? What's the first quarter look like? We're about ready to do inventory. We're about ready to figure this thing out and we want to plan and we want to look ahead and we want to, we look back at what happened this year. Will you do that this morning? Will you consider your path? You see, it's no mistake that you're in the room this morning. The scripture says in Jeremiah that before you were formed in your mother's womb, he knew you. He knew everything about you. And he still wanted to be your savior. So I don't know what path has brought you here today. But what I do know is that today, in some tangible way, not like any other time before, but in some tangible way, he wants to be your savior. And let your ways be established. You see, we each get to choose. You realize that you are the person you are today because of things that you chose January 1st of 2022. You are where you are right now because of things that you chose six months ago. You are where you are living in this part of the country living in this moment in this city and in this place because of choices that you've made. You see, the Lord can guide you if you let him. He can guide you. But if your feet are not established in what he's calling you to do, verse 27 says, do not turn to the left or to the right. Remove yourself from evil. That's an active statement. That we have a choice to remove ourselves from the things of this world that would distract us and reposition ourselves in a way that would be honoring and glorifying to the king. It's our choice. It's our choice. You see, you're here because you chose. And I believe that it's in our best interest to not just look at what you've chosen in the past, but what you're about to choose. Because every person gets to choose right now. I've been on the platform before and many pastors in the room have been on the platform before and watched people completely check out. And my prayer this week has been that you look so closely on Jesus, you see and hear nothing else this morning because your soul your soul is more important 
than any distraction, than anything that the world, your phone, whatever, can offer you, your soul is worth more than being distracted to the left or to the right. As we were singing this morning, I just, in my spirit, I felt this anointing of John the Baptist that we all should carry, that we all should be declaring the good news of Jesus now being among us. And, and I felt this fire, this passion that even in the midst of speaking the gospel, we can be distracted. Even in the midst of walking with Jesus, we can be distracted. We see that in, in the, on the way, when they were on the way, right? And Jesus is walking with them and they don't know who he is until he sits down and breaks bread, which is amazing. Are you with him? Are you with him? And if you're with him, I have this question. Do you know him? John the Baptist said, behold, behold. He didn't say look. He didn't say look. I was standing over there and I'm like, Lord, why is this John the Baptist thing? So he didn't say look at the king. He didn't say look. We can all look. We look everywhere all the time. But do we see and do we behold the one? He, Jesus, is the only one that we should behold. The only one. And yet I sense even in this hour that we have turned to the left and turned to the right and we have beheld so many other things. And so in this season, hear my heart, I, I want to talk about Jesus as healer. I want to talk about him as baptizer in the Holy Spirit and I want to talk about him as soon coming king, but none of that really matters if we don't know him as our savior. You see, those in the early church knew that eternity was real. And I, I think that we have listened and have been watered down to the fact that there really is a heaven and there really is a hell. And you choose the path. Now he gave a path and he said, this one's narrow. It's narrow, it's not wide, it's narrow. And the only way to go down that path is to be in the one, in Jesus. And the only way to get in Jesus and to have him in you is to receive him as your savior. And, and my concern is, is that we get so to the left and to the right and our path we believe is chosen by someone else, but it's not. But sometimes it can feel that way. That I'm doing things out of compulsion of other people and I'm not making the choice for myself. But you are, even if it's indifferent. Even if it's indifference, you're making a choice to be indifferent. 
the world is happening. Things are going on. It's getting darker and darker and darker. And if you don't believe me, well, you can believe me. It is getting darker and darker and darker. And in the darkness, there is a light. And the light is the Son of Man who came to take away the sin of the world. But it's your choice. It's our choice as created beings to choose whether we are going to follow the one or whether we are going to allow the watered-down, attractive world, which is attractive to our flesh, to guide our path, or whether we're going to allow the one who took our flesh and crucified it to be the one that guides our path. So in the, in the day and age when it's to the world cool to not talk about eternal damnation in hell and eternal life with the one, I believe we have to. Because your soul deserves more than indifference. I'm going to talk business for one second. There is this statistic in business that uh, has just baffled my mind for years, and, and it's still true today, that when someone is going to buy your product, the reason why they don't buy your product in the end is because, and it's been surveyed, that it's because of indifference. 56% of the people that don't buy your product they don't buy it because of indifference, i.e., let me explain, you have a widget, and the widget is for sale, and someone shows interest in the widget, and you as a business owner say, wow, this is a great widget, and that thing in which you're talking about, that product, um, you get busy with other things as a business owner or a salesperson, and, and the person that's looking at the widget sees it, they like it, but they're in, they see your indifference toward them and they now internally birth indifference toward the product and so they'll go buy a different product. Does that make sense? I can say it five different ways, but I hope that communicated clearly what I'm trying to get at. When we show indifference for the one, hang with me, when we show indifference for the one that we say as believers is the one way, when we show indifference for that one, because we're distracted to the left and to the right, and the world becomes attractive, and for one moment we take our eyes off the one and look at the thing. When we show indifference, the world who is looking at him will internally birth indifference toward the one. And Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Isn't that what we're called to do? We're called to go and make disciples of all nations. But if we're indifferent for the one, we will make disciples of indifference. And many people have talked about the end of the age, the end of the world, and when is it going to be? And the word says no man knows, right? But I think that the word does also give us an inclination. It says when the whole world, when everyone on the planet has heard the gospel. Now what's the gospel? Not that they hear a Christian 
talk more about the world than about the one. That's not the gospel. When the whole world has not heard the gospel of Rob or the gospel of Stephen or the gospel of Pastor Sean, not that. We will know that the whole world has seen it. He's coming back. He's going to rip the skies open and he's coming back. But when they hear the gospel of Jesus. And my concern is even in these hours when people are Christians, believers, and I'm not against this, hear my heart, but if your focus is not on the one, then it's completely off. They're focused on, here's my budget to go spend on Christmas gifts. Here's my thing, here's my thing. I got, I've got these many layers of people that I have to go buy for. The, the things that I have to do because it's Christmas. You know what? The only thing you have to do is fall more in love with the one and not be indifferent to him. That's it. That's it. Everybody else, if you walked into the Christmas party and people came to your house, if you walked in and you had nothing but you were focused on the one, they would have everything. And so even the church gets caught up in the things of the world. I'm not against parades and I'm not against all that, so hear my heart. But my, my concern is that the indifference that the body of Christ has for the one is transmitted to the world. And so we say, why in the world isn't the world in here? Why is it not? Why are they not hungry for Jesus? They're looking to the people who say that they are of Jesus. And they will replicate what you have. If you are indifferent for the product, they'll be indifferent for the product. And I'm not lowering him to a product. Hear my heart. That's a business term. If we're indifferent toward Jesus, they will be indifferent toward Jesus. And then why is that attractive? So 56% of people that buy a product, that don't buy a product from you, it's because of indifference. And they become attracted to some other product because you were indifferent toward that, your own product. I just see this so clearly in the church that, that when the world looks at us in this time of year, are we indifferent toward the, the person? He said, behold, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the whole world. Behold. That's not just to look. It's to observe, to understand, to be in love with, to, to, to just be all enthralled in watching what's going to happen. And I've heard prophesied, and I'm all for prophecy, so you hear this, but I've heard prophesied for years and years and years that the lost ones are coming home. And I can celebrate that. I'm with you. I believe it. But when the lost ones are looking to you, mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, churchgoer, when they're looking to you and they see indifference in this time of year for the one, why would they come home? Why? I do believe prophetically, and I believe that we can... We can pray and we can see the lost come home, but the only way that the, the one, the prodigal, is going to come back is when he sees the father and he sees the one who has his arms open for you 
And he says, that's the safe place that I can go. And all the things that I've done, all the things that I've engaged in, all the things that have distracted me from being the son, being in the family, all the things that have distracted me from that are gone away. Because dad's home. I wonder if oftentimes we are too interested in being the brother who had him all the time but was indifferent toward him. The brother who said, I've been here and you haven't thrown me a party. I've been here the whole time. You haven't done this for me. The, the indifference of the brother is what got ridiculed. Not the, not the debauchery of the, of the other brother, right? It's, it's, the, it's the having the father, having Jesus and being indifferent toward him while he's with you. And I believe the cry of, of the Lord in this hour is not just to lay hands on churches that, that make a good presentation of the gospel, but to lay his hands on churches where people are so interested in the one that indifference becomes to the world. Now, some people watching may say, well, then you don't care about us being in the world? That's not what I'm focused on. Like, yes, we need to be in the world, but not of the world. And the indifference that we should have in our life should not be toward the one who saved our soul from hell forever. The indifference should be in the world where we know and understand what's going on, but yet the focus of our heart. Let me say this this morning. The focus of your heart is so important to the Lord that he died for it. Yes, your mind can choose a path. Your mind can make decisions. Your mind can choose to be distracted or engaged. Your mind can do all of that. But what he's looking for is the motivation of your heart for why you made the decision in the first place. You see, I I truly believe that there are people walking the planet that have touted Christianity for a long time but have never met the one. And they, they begin ministries where they're, they're declaring but not seeing fruit. Declaring but not seeing fruit. Why? Because you're indifferent toward the one. Second Peter 1 says this, be even more diligent to make your election sure. If you do this, you will not stumble. If you're choosing the path of your life, you examine the, from your birth till now, and you're choosing the path from now until forever, this scripture says make sure you choose correctly. Because eternity, the eternity of your soul, the eternity of your soul, is at stake. And whether the world is indifferent about eternity in heaven and hell doesn't matter because the one said, make your election sure. You see, many get, many come to the altar and give their life to church. Many come to the altar and say a prayer. Many come to the altar and and give their life to a thing. But that's not what John the Baptist said. He said, 
Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It is a person who takes away the sin of the world. Not a thing. Not an organization. As much as I love the, the founder of our movement and, and what she saw and how she ministered and the great miraculous things that happened, it's not about Sister Amy Semple McPherson. It's about the one. And if we ever get to a point where the indifference comes upon the one, we're wrong. Matthew 18 says this, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am in the midst. If you've given your life to church and that's what you know, then you won't know when he's in the midst. If you've given your life to just reading the scripture, then you won't know when he's with you. But when you've given your life to a person, you know when they walk in the room. How many of you married in the room know? You, you just know when your spouse walks in the room. He wants to marry you. He wants to be all in with you. And he's proven it for you. But you choose the path. You choose the path. See, the scripture that I just read clearly states that he's here. Are you beholding him right now, even while I'm talking? Can you see him? Can you sense him? Can you feel him? Is he changing things in you right now? He's here. Savior of the world. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everyone in the room, everyone in the room, we've all sinned. We've all fallen short. And another scripture says, For the wages of that sin is death. There is a cost to sin. And I know in the room we can categorize sin it's it's sin it's sin sin is the thing that takes your eye off of the one sin is the heart posture that is distracted from the savior now we can put labels on it and you can label it up all you want but it is Sin that has a wage of death. You get paid for sin. You, you earn it. You earn it. Like there is a wage for choosing not to follow the one. And when we take out, this is the, the problem that we have in the world today, is when we take out the eternal, then the wages don't mean anything. Because there's no cost because we've taken the eternal punishment or eternal glory off the table. So what I do is my own choice and what I do in my own choice, it doesn't matter who I choose because there's no consequence at the end and that is a lie from the pit of hell. Because all sin has wages and either you're gonna pay them or someone else is gonna pay them. But they will get paid. 
Can you see him? Can you behold him in the room right now? Jesus did the one thing that purchased freedom for every person. You see, the sin that so easily besets us, the scripture says, the sin that so easily distracts us to the left and to the right only has a place in our heart when our heart is not filled with the one. When our heart is not focused on the one, then we can be distracted to the left and to the right. And those wages become important. They're very important. So there's no one in the room right now that doesn't have wages on their account for eternity. There's wages on your account. Now, the question is, are you willing, are you willing for the one, Jesus, who came and made an opportunity and a way to take the wages off of you, are you willing to meet him? Are you willing to meet him? He's in the room. The word says he's in the room. Can you behold him? Can you see him? Can you sense his presence? There's this unique account in scripture that I want to read to you, and I, I just want you to stay focused. No distractions right now. In Luke 23, there's a handful of verses. Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying this, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. Many people have made that statement. Maybe that's you. Verse 40. But the other, answering, rebuked him, saying, do you not even fear God? Seeing you are under the same condemnation. The three on the crosses were all looking at the same outcome. One ridiculed the Savior of the world. And this is what it goes on to say about the second man. And we indeed justly, for we receive due reward for our deeds. The wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. The distraction from the one is sin. And the wages of sin is death. For this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus this statement, and maybe, maybe some of you in the room need to make this statement today. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He addressed him as Lord. It's 
See, I believe that the gospel of the church and the gospel of the scriptures, and I'm not against either one, but those gospels don't save because the thing is not it, it's the person. He's the only one that can save. He's the only one that can realign your path when you surrender it to him. And this is what Jesus said to the man. As surely as I say to you today, say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus was saving on the cross in multiple dimensions, in multiple ways. The perfect one who was in the beginning, who came to the earth as a baby, who was tempted in every way as you and I were tempted, yet without sin. You see, the wages of sin take blood, and the only perfect blood that could be shed to take away your sin was found in a person, not in a thing, not in a prayer, in a person. If you died today and went to heaven and you were asked a question, why are you here? What would your answer be? I've been toiling over this question all week. What would your answer be? If your answer, oh, hear me. If your answer is in the first person, you're wrong. If your answer begins with I, you're wrong. If your answer begins with I did, you're wrong. If your answer begins with I believe, you're wrong. The only correct answer when you get to heaven is he. <laughs> That's it. You get to choose your path, yes. But the only answer is he, the one the one who we get to behold today in this place, the one who is radically changing the atmosphere in this room right now, that one is the only answer. If your answer is in the first person, you're wrong. You're wrong. So I began to contemplate this week about the thief on the cross and when he went to heaven, like what was the what was the question? If he got that question, so why are you here? I have no clue. I, I don't know. I don't know. And then, and then more questions came out. Like, so where do you stand on the doctrine and authority of scripture? <laughs> I don't know. Where do you stand on sanctification? Where do you stand on it? I don't know. I don't know. Then why are you here? Why are you here? I, I was asking the Lord, what's the answer to the question? Why are you here? To the, to the thief. Why are you here? Because there was a man in the middle on the cross who said I could be. You see, when you marry religion... 
the answer in heaven becomes I. When you marry the church, the answer in heaven becomes I. When you marry a religious activity that I'm doing this all the time, the answer in heaven is I, but the only answer that gets you through the gates of heaven is he. He. That's it. He. My concern is, is that there are people that grace the, the doorsteps of churches all across the world this morning whose answer would be I. And the answer must be he. Because he is the only one who can save. And he's in the room right now. He's here. He's moving. He's ministering to hearts. He's, he's bringing things forward. I remember the moment that I heard the gospel and when I heard the gospel about the person of Jesus Christ and I heard it with my heart and not just with my head for the first time, I had this rumbling inside of me. There was something inside of me that was just rumbling. I couldn't put a name on it. I couldn't explain what it was, but I couldn't stand still. I couldn't sit still. And as soon as they said that the altar was open, buddy, I had to be there because there was something inside of me that was hungry for the one, the person. And there's nothing that I could do and nothing you can do that will get you salvation other than the person of Jesus Christ. That's it. And you say, maybe you say, Pastor, I have heard the gospel and I know what you're talking about and I'm, I'm right with you on that and all that. My question for you in the room is this. Have you turned away from the one? Have you been indifferent to the one? Are you indifferent to the one? There's this interesting thing in scripture where, where we're not allowed to judge other people and thank the Lord because with the measure that I judge, I judge myself. Not a good thing. So I gotta stop doing that, right? We, we've all gotta stop judging. But there is something about fruit that we're supposed to inspect about ourselves and about others. And we've been talking about fruitfulness for 10 or 12 weeks. My question is, is the fruit of your life, it will determine, it will show everyone in the world whether you're indifferent to the person. Is that you this morning? There's all kinds of fancy church words for that. Backslidden, whatever you want to call it. I'm just going to say distracted. Because anything that turns your heart from the one, Jesus Christ, anything that turns your heart from him, anything that captures your attention, and it is sin, and the wage of that sin is death. And if you have stepped into that, and let's say you're a believer, you've been a believer for 40 years. If you're distracted from the person and you've been attracted to something other than him, then today is the day to recalibrate your life and say, I am focusing on the one. That's it. That's it. That's, that's the, the real deal. It's not the flashy lights and the, and the stuff that the world would say this season's about. The real deal is the one. You see, the world wants us to look, they look upon the outside of us to see our righteousness, to see whether we're focused on the one. Because my righteousness, scripture says, is this filthy rags. And I won't get into that. But let me tell you, it's not, it's not good. 
And the only righteousness that matters is his. And the only way that I get his righteousness is to receive the payment that he paid for my wages. That's it. That's it. So you're sitting here in a dire situation. You're sitting here in a moment of choosing your path. Every person in the room, you're in a moment of choosing your path. Maybe you have a course correction of 1%. Maybe you have a course correction of 50%. Maybe you need to completely turn around and meet him for the first time. I don't know. But what I do know is, is that every person, every person has gotten distracted from the person of Jesus Christ. And if we want to see the revival that we have been declaring, the billion soul harvest, if we want to see that, revival doesn't come because a church holds a revival service. Revival comes because one person catches the vision of the one. That's revival. Is that you this morning? Is that you this morning? Are are you going to catch a renewed vision of the Savior this morning? Are you going to catch a vision of him for the first time? He's the only one that takes away the wages of your sin. That's it. He's the only one. The wages of sin is death. You've earned death. You've earned death. We've all earned death. But he said... I will take your death and I will give you life. I will take the death in which you've earned, that that payment that you owe, I will take that from you. And now hear me clearly. It's not what you do. There is nothing that the man on the cross could say that he had done to earn that other than receiving Jesus. My hope is that you come so close to the one, Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, that you come so close to him that when you have to answer the question why, it's he. said in the beginning that you get to choose your path he knows it he knew that you would be in this room before the foundation of the world today to hear this message there's a reason why you're here Romans says this but he demonstrates his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners he died for us the payment for all that junk was paid. Now, here's the choice. Here's the choice. You can receive payment for what you've earned. Or you can transfer payment to the only one that the blood covers those things that you've earned. If that's you this morning, then I'm so glad that you were obedient to the Holy Spirit to come. 
because you will have a new life. If you already have a new life and it's hard to open the word and it doesn't come alive to you and as Uncle Jeff said, he's not kissing you when you read the scripture, then my question for you is, would you turn to the one this morning? Would you turn back to the one? Would you say, all I have is wages of consequences of sin in my life and what I want is freedom that comes through the blood of Jesus Christ? If that's you, then today's your day and he knew you would be here and I'm so excited that you get to repent and return to him. Are you indifferent? He's in the room. Indifference has consequences. And I want his payment for my debt. Would you stand this morning? Jesus healed the sick, cast out devils, raised the dead, all of which we are called to do. We are commanded to do. We are compelled to do. But only compelled, not out of guilt, but out of love for the one. Because when we behold the one, his character, and all that he is, is our desire. He says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. There's eternity in the balance this morning. And I don't know, maybe you've heard the gospel hundreds of times, and this one, you see him clearly. Then my question is, will you come and give him your debt and receive his payment? Maybe you have been distracted Sin is to turn our heart away from the one who deserves all honor and glory. Maybe that wage is what's weighing you down this morning. Are you willing to bring that to the cross? There's a cross on the wall behind us He was hanging there, unrecognizable as a human being on a cross, on a tree. <laughs> Interesting that we ate from a tree and lost all relationship with him, but then he carried a tree and was hung on a tree so that we could have a relationship with him back. 
But maybe you haven't beheld him. Maybe you've beheld him as a friend. Maybe you've beheld him as a mean guy. I don't know how you've beheld him. Maybe you've just seen him as those things. But when you behold him, you begin to see that what he did on the cross cost him everything. And the scripture says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured that. He was beaten and bruised. Not for his wages. Not for his wages. He had no wages of sin. For your wages and my wages, he endured all of that. And he went willingly. He went willingly to pay your wages. Will you receive him? Will you receive him? Isaiah 53, 5 says this. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, not his peace, ours. The chastisement, our chastisement was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Are you walking in that this morning? Are you walking in that this morning? Fully. Undistracted. Are you walking in that this morning? If you are and you close your eyes or open your eyes, you will see him in front of you. You will see his presence. You will know him. If you don't, that's totally fine for this moment. But you have a choice. You have a choice this morning whether you will see him in all of his glory or whether you'll just walk away and take the wages of the choices and the things that you have done, the path that you have walked and take those wages out with you and bear that burden. Would you get in a posture where you can get rid of every distraction around you. There is nothing more important this morning than seeing him as savior. We're gonna worship. We're gonna talk about beholding the one Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He's done it for you. He did it before the foundation of the world. He did it before you ever sinned once. He did it. And it's over. And he went to the grave and he went to hell and he took the keys of death and hell and he rose again out of that grave and he's seated beside the Father in heaven. He's done it all and he deserves your choice. As we worship, I'm going to ask you one thing. Forget about everybody else in the room. I'm going to ask you one thing. Is there something inside of you in which you say, I need the Savior? If that's you this morning, do not hesitate. Do not pause. You need to come forward and make a declaration that you are choosing Him and if you have already chosen him, but you've been distracted, now is the time to get right with him.
because the world's gonna get darker and the only ones that are gonna be attractive to the world are the ones that carry his light. The altar is open. Death, heaven and hell are in the balance. My question for you is, is your path with the one? Father, right now in Jesus' name, we come before you. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would move among these people that you would draw hearts to you. Clarity would come. Motivation would come. Discernment would come. Anointing would come. We welcome you here, Lord Jesus. Keep on singing for all of 
and not sing them out of reading them off a screen or anything like that. But that you can truly say that the one, Jesus Christ, our Savior, is beautiful. I've asked you as a church to read John this month. You'll see him. You'll see him. My heart is that not only will you see him, but you'll see the beauty of the Savior in the person of Jesus Christ. Father, today we thank you for Jesus. Jesus, I thank you for bearing the burden of my sin and every person's sin, the wages that come with that. And that you've given us eternal life. I thank you for being the one and only Savior. May our hearts be so enthralled with you, be so focused on you that we never get distracted from your payment on our behalf. May revival break out in the hearts of every man, woman, and child in this place. May we see you as Savior. So we surrender. We surrender. Holy Spirit, I ask that you administer to every person. That you would draw them to the word, that you would draw them to Jesus and that in Jesus every person would come to know the Father. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Come have your way in our lives in Jesus name.
Pastor Rob said earlier, today is the last day to sign up for the Family Connect dinner, so make sure that you go out there. $10 for adults, $5 for children, two to 10, two and under are free. Um, Senior Life is December 15th at noon, and then third Wednesday is the 21st, and that will be at 6.30 in here. And then um, our Christmas Eve and our New Year's Eve services are going to be at 10 a.m. That on those days, that Saturday, and we will not have services on those Sundays. Um, there are Christmas invite cards outside on the tables. Make sure that you take one. I challenge you to take one card and invite someone who the Lord puts on your heart. You don't have to take a bunch, but um, just really pray about who the Lord wants you to invite to those services. And then I, Pastor Mike, I'm pretty sure has an announcement, and then he will close us out for the day. church council we have a custom here at the summer church that at christmas time we receive an offering for our pastor so we would like to this sunday and in the next two sundays we'd like to receive an offering for pastor rob so uh, in the pew in front of you to see in front of you you should find an envelope if you will mark that uh pastor's christmas so don will know to separate that from the tithes and offering so Today and the next two Sundays, we will receive an offering. And then on Christmas Eve, uh, December 24th, we, we as a council will, will present that love offering to our pastor for being our shepherd and delivering a word just like he did today, a word that never grows old or never goes out of style. So keep that in mind uh, for the pastor for an offering. So let's just pray. Father, I thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you for Jesus, the Savior of the world, the Son of the living God, who takes away the sins of the world, as John said. We thank you for that. And Lord God, now as we go, I pray a blessing upon your children, that you will bless them this week, that you will keep them, that you will use them to be the light of the world, that people around them will see Jesus this week. We just thank you for that, and we go in Jesus' name. Amen.